Mistake factor. Who was here Sunday? We had an unbelievable service Sunday morning. Something that completely caught me off guard. And I want, I want you to be preparing your hearts right now for what the Lord is, is wanting to say to you today. God's got a great word for you today. And it's about him. It's about Jesus. It's about the blood of Jesus. And I want you to listen. Listen up. You can miss this. You can make a choice and miss this. But scripture says, open up your ears. Open up your eyes. See what God is doing. Listen, listen to his word. One of the coolest, coolest things about God is we get to be a part of his kingdom. I get to be used by God. I am useful to God. You are useful to God. Have you ever thought about that? Last week we dealt with you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. Regardless of what's been spoken over you, you are not a mistake. God did not fall off the throne when you hit the earth. And that, that speaks, that will speak to someone. You are not a mistake. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, this is a little bit of review. It says that before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Before your parents ever had a moment, God knew you were coming. Regardless of the situation why you're here, God knew you were coming. Some of you might have been born out of questionable circumstances. God knew you were coming. You were planned. You are not a mistake. We have got to get past that before we start dealing with our personal mistakes. Chains need to be broken. Your parents did not create you. God did. God created on purpose for a reason, for a purpose, with a plan. You came with a plan. Uh, we got taken baked pizza the other day. And let me tell you, I'm a doofus. If I didn't have the plan on the thing, I would mess it up. But my pizza came with a plan. When you hit the earth, there was a plan. There is a plan. You were planned. So, anybody here ever make a mistake? Once. That's the old joke. Once I thought I made a mistake, and then I realized that was my mistake. I thought I made a mistake. No. Have you ever made a mistake? Hey, where are you going? Boy, I could go in a lot of directions from right there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Have you ever made a mistake on purpose? Have you ever made a mistake not on purpose? What is a mistake? I am having a little bit of challenges up here today. Mistake. 
an action or judgment that is misguided or wrong, to be wrong about. That's the definition of mistake. We have all made mistakes. Can you relate to having things wrong? Have you ever had a mistake, made a mistake that had implications on your future? Everybody say yes. yes. Thank you. Um, I told you last week, Elizabeth and I kind of had a little bit of a, not a debate, but just kind of a, an intellectual conversation about our mistakes, are all mistakes sin? And whenever you start to define mistakes, like if you look at most of these that we have up here, and y'all are going to laugh at me, one of these up here are written wrong. And I thought, just leave it. We made a mistake. <laughs> but as we talked about mistakes, the first thing you start thinking about are the big ones. Adultery, uh, stealing, um, let's just look, uh, lust, um, covetousness, uh, witchcraft. Um, I mean, you just, just uh, a drug addiction, just take your pick. Those are sin. But what about studying real hard, working real hard, doing everything that you can for a math test, but you get one wrong? Or you're out here running a mile and you step in a hole and you turn your ankle and you break your leg. Is that sin? No, that's not sin. Or you get out here and you drive down 111 and a deer jumps out in front of you and you wreck your car. Is that a sin? It's not sin. Things happen. Mistakes happen. Sometimes we just fall down. Sometimes things just happen. And even though these may not be sin or may not have been intentional, they still affect our future. Someone else gets hit by a drunk driver and their, their, uh, their bodies are damaged for life. That wasn't a sin. Something went wrong. Mistakes are made and our future is affected when mistakes are made. But I want you to know that with the, with the Word of God, God's plan accounts for our mistakes. They've been accounted for. God knows you're going to make them. God knows you're going to make a bunch of them. And he has made a way not only for you to squeak through life, but to live a victorious, successful life. Even in spite of your mistakes. They are facted in and provisions and wisdom and resources and direction have been planned for. Don't get me wrong. There are consequences to your actions. There are consequences to what happens, whether it's your fault or not. If you fall, you are going to need to heal. If you get a cut and you don't take care of it properly and you don't deal with that cut, it's going to get infected and it's going to get worse. Um, I'm going to refer again back to running. I've had all these, I, I, I'm not, I've never been a runner, but I've had some running injuries and I don't know what to do. I, something happens and I'm like, I didn't even know that muscle was there. What is going on? And I have to ask someone, what do I do? And uh, I've kind of messed up my Achilles one day and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Then I messed up a, a high hamstring, just kind of tweaked it, didn't pull it. And every time the guy tells me the same thing, take a couple days off. Just take a couple days off. And sure enough, after two days, 
it's better. Now, the Lord really spoke to me about the Sabbath and how we need to take a day off of work. We need to take a day to rest because God has factored in a way for your body, for your spirit, for you to recover and for you to download what you really need. That Sabbath day is so important. Those of you that are working seven days a week, I'm not telling you to go quit your job, but you need a day of rest. My body, even though I didn't want to, I needed a day of rest. And sure enough, I mean, I've had, I've had some areas in my knees that are sore and I took day, two days off and son of a gun, they're better. Sometimes we just need to rest. But our mistakes have been accounted for. But there are consequences to our sin, to our issues. Look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap destruction. We'll reap eternal life. Thank you. Oh, man, I said something. Was it last week you guys all got all over me for saying, uh, saw it, seeked? I mean, I had the whole church yelling at me. Saw it. I'm like, take a deep breath, everybody. We're okay. I, I got that wrong. No. Uh, you will reap, if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life, not destruction. Did I still get it wrong? Okay. Um, how about you? My life is full of mistakes. Can anybody else relate? Full. Just today. I don't even mean since I've been preaching. <laughs> You reap what you sow. Man, I've been taught that my whole life. If anything my parents have taught me is, you will reap what you sow. If I sow tomatoes, I'm gonna to get tomatoes. If I sow mercy, I'm gonna get mercy. If I sow hatred, I'm gonna get hatred. What I sow, I'm gonna get. It's a law. No stopping that. What are you sowing? If I sow sin, do you know what you get? You get death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Death. Sin can lead to physical death, but it leads, leads to other death too. It leads to relationship death. It leads to marital death. It leads to future death. But God has given us a gift this gift is Jesus Christ. This whole thing that we were singing today, you need to give your whole self to the Lord. He is, he is trustworthy. He is, he is trustworthy with your life. And as long as we have Jesus, walk with Jesus, and apply Jesus to our sin, our death payment for our sin is paid. As long as we keep Jesus a part of our life and we are striving to follow him and obey him, our price for our sin is paid. 
Somebody say hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Does anybody get this? Paid by Jesus Christ for living a sin-free life, dying on the cross for our sin and making the payment for our debt. What we owed. Do you know what we owed? Death. We owed death. Because of our sin, something had to die. It was supposed to be us. For sin to be paid for, something has to die. God had a plan to deal with our sin. Let's look at the process in Hebrews chapter 10. And church, uh, this is going to be the only passage that I stick with this morning, but it's kind of lengthy. But please hang in there with me. Do not check out on me because we're going to read a lot of scripture. Under the old system, under, or the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Verse 2. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have purified once for all time, would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sin year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Under the old system, bulls and goats were a way of atoning for that sin, but they could not completely cleanse people from that sin. Nor could they remove the guilt from that sin. It was a shadow. It was a a, uh, kind of a teaser of things to come. It was still a way to be able to live in right standing with God, but unfortunately we still walked around with all this stuff. We've been forgiven, but we, but we remember it. Anybody here ever deal with guilt? Verse 5. That's why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you didn't want an animal sacrifices or, or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other feelings for sin or other offerings for sin. Verse 7. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in scriptures. Verse 8. First, Christ said, you didn't want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, even though they were required by the law. Verse 9. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was, will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Even though the old system was ordained by God, it was not what God wanted. Even though it was a way for those under the Old Testament to still be able to get right, it was not God's ultimate plan. 
because these, these sacrifices were unsatisfactory because they were mere symbols and a shadow. It was God's will that they be paid for by the body of Jesus Christ and to be paid for once and for all. Once and for all. Verse 11. Under the old covenant, priests stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down, then he sat down in place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. For by that one offering, you have the opportunity of being made completely holy. There is no other way, not even with the old system was there a way for you to be made holy. It is only by the blood of Jesus. You may be here today and you may be still standing on the fence of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know it is the only way, the only way to get free of your guilt. You're going to be running from guilt your whole life until you get Jesus Christ. Because nothing else can pull that guilt away. There is no force in this earth that can free you of guilt except Jesus Christ. And if that was the only benefit of receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, it would have been enough for me to accept it. But that's not the only benefit. It's a small benefit. But I love to be free of guilt. I hate guilt. I hate guilt. Guilt stops me from doing what I'm supposed to do. Guilt puts me under a thumb that I can't get out from under. There is no other way out from under your guilt but by Jesus Christ. But let's keep going. Where am I? 15. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, listen, church, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. This is God. God won't remember them anymore. When we apply the blood of Jesus, when we apply Jesus, his word, apply. You remember you got to hit the application button. Apply. I make changes. Anybody ever made changes on their computer and not hit the apply button and you lost all the work? You've got to apply. When you apply the word of God, when you apply the spirit of God, when you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, then you can say, I may still be trying to think about all these sins that I have, but God's not. God's gone. And the only reason I'm still hanging on to him is because Satan's trying to get me to hang on to him. Well, you have freed me of that power of Satan trying to hold that sin on me. 
I release it right now in Jesus' name. And every time it wants to come back, because unfortunately, sometimes we rethink about it, I can give it back and give it back and give it back. And I want you to know, for the most part, the sins in my life, I've given them back enough, I've forgot. Someone has to remind me, oh, I get around high school people. Oh, you remember when we did this? Oh, yeah, but let me tell you, I'm free. I'm free of that. That's not chasing me around anymore. That's dead. That's removed. Well, I still remember it. Well, let me pray for you. I don't. I'm not the same person. Burton, I'm not the same person you met. Praise God. I'm not. I'm not going back. He's forgotten my sins. So why shouldn't I? He's forgiven me. Why shouldn't you forgive yourself? Forgive yourself. Well, my spouse won't forgive me. Well, we'll deal with that. We'll let the Lord deal with that. God's forgiven you. You forgive you. What your spouse does, you can't control it. Quit trying to control it. Don't worry about it. You need to get free first. Get the oxygen mask on you. Jesus, we, once we apply Jesus, it's gone. You don't need to kill any animals. The sacrificial perfect lamb has already been sacrificed once and for all. Once the blood of Jesus is applied, those sins, mistakes will never be remembered again in heaven. I believe that when the Lord says they're to be forgotten, he commands his kingdom up in heaven. Let's all forget that one. Kingdom, that one's gone. And I believe they're like, okay, got it. We weren't really even thinking about it anyway. We had other things we had to do. I'm not sitting here thinking about your sin. I hope you're not sitting there thinking about mine. I'm not thinking about yours. So let's look at the next verse. Look what happens. When we apply Jesus Christ to our life, Dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Another perk. I get something else because I have Jesus. You know what I get? I get him. I get, he he and I have an audience, we we have a meeting together whenever I desire. That boldly means I can come as, as big as I want to, when I want to. I've got children that it doesn't matter if Elizabeth and I are talking about the most important things in our life ever. They just boldly come into our face and they're just like, I need ice cream. <laughs> Do you not see that we're right here in the middle of a conversation? Okay, ice cream. Okay, ice cream. That's what God says. No matter everything that's going on in my kingdom, you can come boldly to me. What are you struggling with? You can come boldly to the Lord. Now, church, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you do, you have bold access to the King. Do you remember in Old Testament that if if people came in boldly to the king without an invitation, they would die? 
not with our king. He says, my door is open to you at all times. Come in here and ask for ice cream. Come in here with your need. Come in here with your hurt. Come in here with your guilt. We're going to apply this according to my kingdom and we're going to remove it as though it was never there. I'm going to set your feet back on, our, on the rock. I'm going to get your feet back up. We're going to stand you back up. I'm going to breathe into you and I'm going to fill you up with the right things and you're going to go out of here and you're going to win. Still may have challenges. Yeah, I've still got a hill I've got to climb, but I'm going to climb it. You know, I'm going to refer back to my running. If I think about the full 13 miles when I take off, I can't make it. But if I'll just focus on the one hill in front of me, I can make it. All I, all I think is, and I do this with Sarah Beth, let's just get to the top of that hill. And we do. What are you facing? Quit looking a billion miles down the road. Look at what's in front of you. Go attack it with the Spirit of God. Get over that, and then the next thing will present itself. You may be such in the hole in your finances, and the uh, Nelsons right here will tell you with, with Dave Ramsey, just start. Start according to God's Word. It seems like something that you'll never overcome. I'm so much in credit card debt. I've got all this debt. I've got all these problems. I want you to know that God has given you a way out, but you have to take it. You can get out of your financial hole. You can. By his death, Jesus opened a new life, life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts. This is what we sang this morning. Am I on the right verse? Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. You don't have to live a life full of guilt. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you have repented of your sin, then the blood of Jesus has made you clean, washed with pure water. Your sin is forgotten, never to be remembered paid in full. Receive Jesus now. Christians, seasoned Christians, you need to receive Jesus again. I don't mean you need to be reborn again. I mean you need to accept the provision that the Lord has given you. I can tell you I've been saved since I was five and I have gotten oppressed by demonic spiritual attacks in my life over and over and over and over. They want to come. And the Lord has given me the ability to fight my way out of it. But I have to do that. I have to take the word of God and fight my way out. We got to fight. We got to fight. Verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to act, to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near.
Hold on tight. Hold on tight. I'm just going to read this. I want to finish verse 26. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we've received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Remember, this is still Hebrews 10. Verse 29. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy, as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Think back to those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail when all of you, when, when, All you owned was taken from you. You accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Change. Turn, we've got to get the word in us and we've got to follow it. Jesus is the word. We get the word in us, we have Jesus in us. When we follow it, he cleanses us of our sin. We don't have to walk around with guilt. We can walk around free and with the spirit of God with us to help us overcome what we're facing. The hills you're facing, you can get to the top of them. The hills that need to be removed, you can speak to those to be removed and they will be removed. God has given you power and authority to take and command his kingdom to come forth in your life. Did I just just lose you? The Lord has given me the authority to fulfill his will in the earth. He has given me authority. He has given you authority to take authority over these demonic things that are trying to take you down. You have authority. Amen? Amen. Okay. That's deep. I've gone way deeper than I usually go this morning, but I want you to know the blood of Jesus is your answer to being cleansed of guilt, to being cleansed of your sin. And church, you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. 